Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Listen up, I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes! Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Every Monday and Friday at 12 noon, our Washington Commander's Insider is Ben Standing. He writes for The Athletic. He's got a podcast that is outstanding called Standing Room Only. Grant Paulson and yours truly were his guests last week. You can find that anywhere you find a podcast. And, of course, uh, you can follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Standing. So, are you still away? I know you took the weekend and went away. I went away, too. I was up in New York all weekend long. You went west. Are you still west? Uh, I am. I'm going to uh, conduct uh, uh, conduct work from uh, out west ahead of Was I not supposed west. to say something about that? Eh, who knows? Who can say? It <laughs> doesn't matter. It's all good. Sorry about that. Well, no, whatever. Good. You were in L.A. for the weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I was uh, not not upset with my decision when I was watching from sunny skies and seeing like all that hard weather in Baltimore and uh, you know seeing what else was going on in the area. So I think I I think I did all right on that trade. Yeah, I was uh, I was up in New York and then I took the train back during you know howling wind and rain and then we woke up this morning to an inch of snow, which was very pretty and holiday esque. Um, 
But anyway, uh, so did you have a chance to take in all of the football yesterday? Uh, some of it. I watched the Dallas Eagles. Um, the rest of it, I was doing a few other things and, you know, keeping keeping tabs. Obviously, I think I texted you this. It was the most productive day for Washington in weeks, not, not because they didn't play and lose, but because some of the teams in there uh, – you know, who also had four wins, uh, you know, the Bears and the Jets won their games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a pretty pretty productive day for Washington from the sidelines. It's funny. I've actually not even paid attention to, you know, the Bears and the Jets and some of those teams because I just assume they're going to lose out and be 4-13. So it's really the Cardinals and the Panthers that are of interest to me, and they're probably not going to catch either – one of those two teams. Um, well, the Cardinals, Panthers, and, and Patriots, of course. I guess there's still a chance on the Patriots and the Cardinals, um, but more likely than not, um, it is going to be somewhere around four when all is said and done. I, I am curious as to what you thought about the Eagles, who can't stop anybody um, all of a sudden, and what their prospects are. Yeah, by the way, I will say that I don't know the Arizona's exact schedule down the stretch, but rather than look at them as a three-win team on the season, look at them as a two-and-two two team since Kyler Murray came back. So I mean, you know, they're a better team with him there. So you know, if the you know they they may be a little more formidable down the stretch than the record suggests. Um, yeah, the Eagles are definitely a mess. You know, obviously we talk a lot the last couple of years about how they're able to make these key moves to address. You know, to take advantage of getting, you know, some some notable players, A.J. Brown becomes available. They swoop in for that. Uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, James Bradbury, et cetera. But they did take some hits in the, you know, in that that high-end approach. The, the the question is when you when you miss on, when you have some injuries or you miss out on, miss on a guy or two, probably create more depth holes elsewhere. And they also, you know, their secondary has definitely taken a, a step back this year. Uh, seems pretty apparent. Um, it does bring into question, to be honest, I guess, those those two Washington games. Um, you know, I know when when that when Washington was playing Philly, Sam Howell's doing well. That that's a positive sign. But then you kept looking at the numbers, DVOA and otherwise. And the Eagles' defense has just been, you know, sort of bottom ten, bottom twelve most of the year. Again, I'm not. This is not about knocking Sam Howell, but I think you know anybody who was thinking they were beating the Eagles' defense. That was like a Super Bowl defense, I think, is, you know, coming to realize that that's not exactly the case. Yeah, I mean, there are a couple of defenses that have completely plummeted from last year, and they're both in the NFC East, Washington's and Philadelphia's. Philadelphia right now 21st in the league in uh, defensive DVOA, and I think that's actually prior to last night. Um, I don't know if it's updated or not, to be honest with you. But, hey, Washington's 32 out of 32 uh, teams, uh, but we've we've gone down that road of talking about the teams that they looked pretty competent against offensively. Uh, most of them were pretty flawed defensively, and the last two games um, against Dallas and Miami, they played much better defensive teams. So I want to just go back to Friday real quickly. I talked a little bit about this on I don't know if it was on the radio show or the podcast because I think this news broke late late in the radio show after we had talked to you actually on Friday and then 
um, I talked to people, but there were a lot of people that read the the release about Washington announcing that they're moving their business operations to this incredible you know development near. Or, or which is a part of the uh, University of Maryland campus, and a lot of people lost their mind thinking, oh, here they go, they're investing in Maryland, they're going to stay in Maryland, it's Landover, it's a total you know, tell that the, the Harris group now is resigned to ending up in Landover. I heard that it had nothing to do with it, RFK is still number one, this means nothing to the RFK, RFK effort. You heard what? Yeah, I don't think this has anything, any bearing on what happens in the future. Um, I do think it's a little bit interesting in the sense that, you know, literally they could have moved this anywhere, uh, you know, even in PG County, and they chose the University of Maryland. And, you know, when teams build new stadiums and if they have to, like, you know, compromise the current one in some way to get it done, they will, you know, obviously play at college stadiums. So, uh, you know, seven years down the road is a long time. It does give them a little bit of an imp- uh, a footprint on the campus, and, and perhaps down the line they actually need to use it, right? I mean, if we think about that at some point, you know, it, should they have to do something with FedEx Field if they keep it there? But, yeah, no, I don't think it has any bearing on what they're actually going to do to do with it. But, by the way, I will just say I heard you talk about this the other day and just now. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong, but, you know, to say that, like, RFK is definitively – sort of their site, which is I think kind of what you're implying, is I think maybe like more newsy than you think. Well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying what I'm, well, I, I, I didn't think that I don't think I'm the only person that knows this, right? That RFK is the number one choice for Josh Harrison ownership, whether or not they're able to pull it off. I mean, we've got an important thing pending in the House of Representatives here towards the end of the month. We have, you know, a, a long way to go, not not to mention the fact that D.C. would be the one jurisdiction out of the three that actually would not more likely than not participate to the building with the building of the stadium. Although you would get access to all of that opportunity to build up around the stadium uh, retail wise, uh, et cetera. But no, I, I, I think I've talked about this for what forever that Josh Harris and Mitchell rails want the new stadium. Number one to be in DC. I think they've kind of said that, right? Maybe I guess I guess for me it's more like and maybe I have to recalibrate how I'm viewing this because it's like I've been sort of saying I still think Maryland only because I don't I'm not convinced DC government get gets gets there we'll see I, I you know uh, things have been moving more positively in that direction over the over the last few months I would say but you know I still question whether DC gets it done I'm not even getting into the notion of whether it makes economic sense for DC because I'm not an economic economist but. Uh, but yeah, no, no. Okay, well, you know, just uh, just checking. You know, my brain's been off for a couple of days, so I just wanted. It's to, it's all right. You know. I, I think the the thing about the move to the University of Maryland. Remember, they are going to play in FedEx Field for the next five years. I mean, right. whatever they decide to do, and things getting you know clearing the way in the House of Representatives before the end of the year will be a, a big deal here as far as a DC site possibility or the timing let me just say with respect to a DC site but they they still have to continue to host games at FedEx Field through t- probably 2027 earliest maybe through 2028 
And the Maryland location, which is this incredibly burgeoning uh, location, uh, part of that discovery area, um, gives them, you know, 15 to, to 18 minutes away from FedEx Field to continue to, you know, have access and easy access for the ticket selling group to because that's where they present a lot of the times is at FedEx Field. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. And look, if they're claiming that they need that space for more uh, ticket buyers, sweet holders, what have you, you know, that's, that's, that's certainly a good sign. And, and these are the signs when we talk about the impact Josh Harris group can have, you know, post Snyder, it's stuff like this. I think, again, the people who were expecting them to, to re, reshape the roster, to turn this thing into a winning thing this year, but, you know, like that's not, that that was never realistic. But these are the these are the things that they, they can be done. They clearly have been working towards. Um, so we'll say yeah. So I don't believe that any of it has anything to do with uh, staying in Maryland, going to D.C. or any of it. I, I don't think that has anything any bearing. Um, but you know, like I said, I think it's interesting if it does come down to Maryland. You know, there could be a world where if they build a new stadium on that site, thus compromising the FedEx Field uh, situation for parking or whatever. And they have to do something different, but that's down the road. Tinfoil hat. Who the hell knows? It is no bearing on anything that's happened to far. We are talking, of course, to Ben Standing. I think another interesting thing that happened. You talked about, you know, the draft positioning and in what keeping an eye on that. Denton and I talked earlier um, today. I think one of the things you would love to see happen is Justin Fields continue to play well enough, and the Bears to to play well enough now. That'll hurt the second round pick that Washington got for Montez Sweat, you know, the positioning of it. But, you know, it puts two pieces into play. Number one is the number one overall pick that Chicago will have via Carolina um, as, you know, the Caleb Williams spot, I guess, although I've seen mocks now that have included Drake May, one, Jaden Daniels, two, Caleb Williams, three. Um, I've seen Caleb Williams, one, Jaden Daniels, two. Um, but, you know, Justin Fields, I still think has a chance to be a pretty good quarterback with the right, you know, with the right offensive setup. Um, and I wonder if other teams believe the same. And whether it's he, him who's available or the number one overall pick, I think it benefits those teams that have or may have a quarterback need. And we're not there on Washington yet. I mean, we're there on exploring it. But, you know, for Chicago to have Justin Fields as an option and trading that number one pick from Carolina as an option as well. Yeah, you know, look, I mean, the the Bears are going to have uh, some really interesting decisions. I, I wasn't the biggest Justin Fields fan coming out, and obviously it's taken a while for him to get going. But, you know, there's uh, there's positives coming out of Chicago, including <laughs> that defense. Well, I believe, are they 3-1 and one since the Montez Sweat trade? Yes. Yeah. yeah I mean, and and the pretty. and the loss was a game in which they they led Detroit by, you know, two scores and they lost that right. game in Detroit. Right, right, right. right. So the yeah, the defense Montez Sweat was great yesterday. Sack and a half, four QB hits, eight QB hurries in the game. Yeah, yeah. No, he's he's played well and they've obviously responded to his presence. Um I think one of the things that, t- that the Bears are going to have to discuss, even if J- even if Justin Fields continues to improve, and you're seeing the signs of of a good of good growth, you know he was he'll be entering 
what, his fourth season next year, which means you're really going to have to, you know, if not this coming off season or soon have to, you know, give him an extension if you're planning on keeping him. On the other hand, if you draft Caleb Williams, number one, now you've restarted that clock, both in terms of his contract. So you've got now the five years you have control over, but you also may be putting your team back a smidge because of you're going back to a rookie. So that's going to be a really interesting debate, I think, from their perspective. The, the, Washington has a little bit of that as well with Sam Howell because he'll go only into his third year, but the, it's not you know it's not exactly the same um, because of the, the initial investment. It doesn't make as much money and all these kinds of things. Um, but yeah, no, it's really interesting to see what they do. I don't. I mean, I would hope. Well, I shouldn't say I would hope. I wouldn't want be that interested in trading for Fields should the Bears go make go that route, but. Um, but yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what they do. And obviously, New England, one of the teams, you know, between the number one pick and, and where Washington is, you, you got to think they're in the, the QB market, uh, depending on what they do with Belichick and everything else. But yeah, they'll, they'll be. It'll be interesting to see if the Bears keep this up, and does that really make the number one pick more open than maybe it looked a week or two ago? By the way, I just found this. Um, Montez Sweat after yesterday's game said this about Matt Eberflus, uh, Matt Eberflus, the head coach of the Bears. He said, quote, where I came from, it was kind of like just waiting on the season to end. But here, it's like every week is a new challenge and people want to play for the man beside him. This is a really tight group. Eberflus is a great coach. He keeps us motivated. A lot of respect for him as a coach, closed quote. Montez Sweat about Chicago Bears head coach Matt Eberflus, who is also considered to be on a seat that's fairly warm, even though they've won three out of their last four. Quote, where I came from, it was just kind of like waiting on the season to end, closed quote. Uh, look, it's easy to say it from afar. You know, that he, I, he, I'm sure he's thrilled to be out of town, but as you know, they really didn't want to lose him. Yeah, no, they they, they did. I, I will say this: like, look, obviously each team is in a different situation, you know, just in general across the league, right? Um, and Washington had this weird setup because of the ownership sale, where it did feel like Ron Rivera's hands were tied a bit, other than being able to to get to Ron Payne and and sign a couple offensive linemen on you know relatively small money for for starting offensive linemen. Um, but the Bears have been hyper aggressive, right? I mean, they you know. Bad trade. It worked out, you know, for them. But like they they traded a second round pick uh, a year ago for uh, Chase Claypool. Okay, that didn't work. Uh, but they did that. They traded out of the number one pick to get a whole bunch of stuff from the Panthers. When you know a conservative move would have just been to say, hey, we're gonna, you know, I don't know. Well, I get you know what I mean. They, they could have they could have just stayed at number one and drafted uh, somebody else if they wanted to. They didn't have to take a quarterback. Whatever. Um, the, the the now of course the Montez Sweat deal. Whether these things always work, you know, it's hard to know. Um, but, like, they are, that's an organization looking to shake things up. And, I mean, to the point, you, you know, I know the interpretation on the Montez Sweat quote, which I just heard, is sort of about the players in the locker room. But I think it's also, like, organizationally. Like, the, 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 it did feel like this season, if you really look back on it, a lot of it really was just sort of just hanging around, waiting to see what was going to happen. Yeah, the enemy thing was a bit of a shakeup, but – know they didn't really do that much else and even as the season you know there was never any point 
sure, they traded away Montez Sweat. Was there any real thought they were actually going to trade for somebody? Like, it doesn't feel like there's any, been any positive momentum towards fixing anything. I'm not saying that the individuals aren't trying within, but, like, not in a broader sense, whereas the Bears, clearly they, they're like, we're going for this in whatever capacity that means. We're going to be aggressive. And I do think there's got to be something about how that translates down into the players in the locker room and everything else, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think it's interesting, and Steve Sands was on with us on Friday, and Sands said he thinks the season completely changed when Ron decided not to go for two at Philadelphia with no time left on the clock in a game that was 31-30 and instead kicked for overtime and they lost in overtime. And remember, they were 2-1 and one at the time. They had been you know, bludgeoned by the Bills the week before. And I said, well, what would what does that mean? They're four and nine now. And he said, you know, they would have seven wins. They'd be seven and six and in the mix for a playoff um, race. I, you know, in thinking about Montez Sweat's comments and what you just said, I, I don't. It, w- w- is there really a moment or even a combined number of moments that would have changed this season? Decisions that were made that if they had gone the other way, I mean, I I, I disagree with Steve, my very good friend Steve, on that. I, I think. In the moment, I didn't feel like it was a make or break on the season. I'm not saying that he felt that way either. But do you think that there was any chance? I think the Chicago game was really devastating because coming off in him, it felt in the moment, remember, like the Eagles game was almost a win. It felt like a moral victory. And then what happened to Chicago? The Chicago game, I think, kind of ended everything. What do you think? Um, well, look, obviously, if you look back on the season, it's really hard to even, I think we talked about this last week, like none of their wins, you would say are signature wins. They even, you know, the first two games of the year, now that we look back on it more, like there were more struggles there than there were positives, even though at the time it felt like, oh, maybe this is like a team that's going to find ways to win or whatever. Um, but I do think like, this is sort of to my point, like what was the, what, at what point did the, the organization, so beyond the players, do something to generate the, a sense of the urgency. I, I do think there's something to be said for not having gone for two there. That was a conservative play. And it's, it's one thing to do that. I guess if you think your team is good enough, but who thought Washington was like good enough. Like it did feel like there was an opportunity for a jolt. I'm not sort of Monday morning quarterbacking that call, but I understand the notion of like, again, where was the, where was that, that, that jolt. And again, just to going off of what Montez Sweat said, like, yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I just – there was at no point this year where that really happened. And, you know, again, go go all the way back to some other things too. You know, Chris Harris, the defensive backs coach, leaves. They don't go out and find the next one. They just promote the guy within who didn't have a ton of experience. And obviously, things worked out a certain way, and now Lisa Myers not not here. They did – you know, in the season, did they did they sign one player this year? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm forgetting someone – they signed one player this year where we're like, oh, okay, I've heard of that guy. Like that that veteran's a guy that can come in and maybe <clears throat> give them some oomph. Instead, it was always just promoting someone from the practice squad. And I know that's part of the deal. Don't get me wrong. But like, I'm just saying, at, no, at what point this year was there, an, was there any sense of urgency from, you know, based on actions of the organization? I almost kind of feel like there wasn't. Well, there was no urgency in the offseason because we assumed that they couldn't, that they weren't allowed to have urgency. Well, I'm saying in the offseason, but once the games are going, yeah, like I'm just saying, you know, there, there wasn't much happening. So, yeah, I mean, I do kind of feel like 
in retrospect, it does feel like everybody was seemingly just kind of waiting for things to unfold and see what would happen. Yeah, I, I, I think that's I think that's right. I think that this season was always going to be a season in which it was sit back and wait because there's going to be a total redo and we're not spending big. We're going to keep this cap space where it is. You know, we know that Harris was very much in favor of the trades of sweat and young to accumulate draft choices because it was going to be difficult to sign either one of them. Or, you know, in the case of Chase, they probably didn't want to re-sign him. But what's odd about all of that is all of the excitement about the uh, about the first two weeks of the season and how, oh my God, Dan's gone and everything's changed. The vibe is different. Hell, the vibe going into that Buffalo game, even though there were a lot of Buffalo fans in the stadium, was, hmm, Maybe they can have a decent season. And even after the Philadelphia loss the following week, it was okay, you're two and two, but you kind of you kind of expected that best case was going to be two and two when you looked at the first four games. And then came the Bears game. The Bears was a big you know what in the punch bowl. That was like uh, it was it wasn't just that they lost to a winless team. It was that they got absolutely embarrassed on national TV by a a winless team at the time. And remember Josh Harris, there were reports that he had some comments about, you know, it hurting ticket sales, which had been off to such a great start. Now, ultimately, they're six for six on sellouts, right? And I would imagine they're going to go eight for eight with San Francisco and Dallas in their final two home games. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think like that that Buffalo game was really jarring for me. But okay, Buffalo's a Super Bowl contender, right? We, we think, um, you know, okay. And by but, the way, I they mean, played but, pretty well defensively for three quarters in that game. Right, um, but that 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 was starting to me where I started to be more concerned. In fact, especially since you know Miami then scored seventy points on Denver the week after Washington. Um, did what they did, which was Washington was good, but it's like, oh, wait, this, this Broncos seems even way worse than we thought. So putting Washington's good day on offense is a little bit different perspective. Um, but yeah, I think the Bears loss just reinforced how bad the Buffalo game was. And that to me was when I was sort of, you know, gave up on the notion that they would be a good team this year um, in, in that respect. And obviously things played out. Um, it's actually, it's, it's actually the perfect call segment. Denton on a Monday after a bye week. <laughs> what was the worst loss of the season? Because I think there were three terrible ones. Terrible losses. That's why I've actually referred to over the last week. This is one of the worst seasons, not, you know, with projected future with no Dan, et cetera. We all understand the 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 Super Bowl season that we just had because Dan's not here. But in terms of the actual games played. This is going to go down as one of the worst seasons of all time if they if they go four and thirteen, which is a good possibility. Five and twelve, good possibility. Because yeah. you just said the it, way, they don't have a signature win, and they've got three by my count, absolutely horrific, embarrassing losses. Um. But by the way, which, wait, 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 the three would be the Bears, the the Tommy DeVito game, and what's the third one? Uh, I would say the Bears and the and both Giants games. Got it. So both, just to be both clear, Giants two, losses. And I'm not saying you're wrong with that. Just to be clear, that that doesn't include two games that gave up 45. Points. I know, I know. Or, or, but or at the, least those were good games. teams. 
Right, or the Bills game. Yeah, um, no, I, I think the Giants game was was sort of oddly more embarrassing because everybody kind of saw the stakes. You had to win this game just to stay afloat, and the Giants are playing, you know, a kid from around the corner, a quarterback, not a, not a real quarterback. Yeah. And then he does well. But I think the, but, but to me by that point, I'd already come to the conclusion that this team was going nowhere. The Bears game, on the other hand, they had lost 14 consecutive games. They were 0 for on the season, obviously. Um, and Washington, you know, okay, they lost to the Eagles, but there's some momentum, right? The offense looks pretty good. I mean, they're going to turn this around. They turn it around every year under Rivera at some point. Why not now? And then to get smoked, losing is one thing, to get smoked at home on national TV against a team that lost 14 in a row. And, again, the Bears have played better, sure, but that 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 to me was by far the worst. But then, like, the, the, the Dolphins game, I know it doesn't count because Miami's good, but that game was over in the third on the third Miami third yeah. offensive play of the game. Like, the, even the worst teams in the league, you know, keep things going for a while. But that was, right. that was embarrassing. So, and, I, like I said, yeah. that's not even a third of their top three. No, and I mean, the Dolphins could have actually – they could have done what I think maybe San Francisco will try to do, which is to put 50 or 60-plus up on them. Um, weather might have something to do with it. Who knows what it will be like on New Year's Eve. All right, thank you. Anything else? Anything from your notebook? Do you want to – you want to? Uh, you got a big story coming out t- today that I'm going to say, well, why didn't you mention that? No, I do, I do have a new story up today. Last week I did a sort of a, a, a roster look ahead towards 2024, starting with the offense. Now I went <clears throat> to the defense, um, you know, to try to go position by position to see, okay, what, 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 what's actually, you know, in place going forward. Um, and, you know, I think we as you and I and Grant discussed the other day, I, it is sort of shocking to me how few strong pieces I think this team now has compared to, you know, even a, a couple months ago. And I don't just mean that the trades of Sweat and Young, but there's just not, not as many pieces you'd like to think are pretty stable. On the other hand, you know, they have a lot of high picks as we know still on defense. Maybe a new coaching staff can get more out of them. All right, thank you. Subscribe to The Athletic and you can read it. Um, I'll talk to you on Friday. Awesome, man. Thanks. See you. Yep. Um, that's what we're going to do here. I want to see – I mean, there's so many to choose from, Denton, in terms of the losses this year. Which was the worst loss for you? It can be for any reason. But give me the worst loss for you. I mean, there are three – there are four massively lopsided losses to have a 34-point loss, a 35-point loss, a 30-point loss in one season, and I'll throw in the 20-point loss to the Bears, that's pretty hard to do in the NFL. What was the worst loss of the season for you? 301-230-0980. Phone lines are open. Kevin Sheehan, show the Team 980 and the Team980.com. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.